Rainmaker FM. Copyblogger FM is brought to you by Studio Press Sites, the complete hosted solution that makes WordPress fast, secure, and easy without sacrificing power or flexibility. Feel free to upload your own WordPress theme or use one of the 20 beautiful Studio Press themes that are included and just one click away. Explore all the amazing things you can do with the Studio Press site, and you'll understand why it offers a lot more than traditional WordPress hosting. No matter how you'll be using your site, we have a plan to fit your needs and your budget. To learn more, visit rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. Hey there, it is so good to see you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone. I'm the Chief Content Officer for Rainmaker Digital. You can generally catch me at least once a week on the Copyblogger blog. And I like to write about more mindset, creativity, and occasional ranty stuff over at Remarkable Communication. So remember, you can always get the show notes for every episode. Those include links. They include usually free extras by pointing your browser to copyblogger.fm. And you can also get the complete show archive there. So today's topic was inspired by a question that came up when we were creating a brand new course that Copyblogger is going to be releasing very soon. I will let you know a little bit more about that in, uh, in a little while. But we were talking about internal linking. So that's when you have a piece of content, you have a, your blog post, let's say, and in that blog post, you include a fair number of links to other content that you've created. It's a really smart thing to do for all kinds of reasons. And someone had a question, well, how do I keep track of it? You know, all the things that I've published, how do I keep track of what I've already created so I know what I want to link to? And this, of course, starts to become more pertinent when you have a site that's been in place for, oh, Copyblogger has been publishing for 12 years now. You know, there's no way that I know or have in my head all of the content that's been published on Copyblogger in that time. Over on my personal blog, I've published a lot less content than Copyblogger has, but I still don't really have in my head a list of everything that's been published there. Now, at one point, I would have said that the answer to this is a content audit to go through all the content and really, you know, create a giant spreadsheet that keeps track of everything you have and what it's about and all that stuff. But having gone through that process on Copyblogger, I now feel like there are a whole lot of other things you could be doing with that time. And I think that there's a better way to go about it. What we found was more useful than a complete comprehensive content audit was really to focus on what's called the 80-20 rule. You know, that 80% of your results will come from 20% of your input. And actually, it's pretty common online that the 80-20 rule is sort of more than 98-2 rule. You know, the great majority of your results are coming from actually quite a small um, amount of work that you do. And so you need to find, and that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. 
You know, I've sometimes seen that as an example that somehow we're doing content marketing wrong. That's not true at all. That's just the nature of of work. You create a large body of work, and some of that work is, you know, is what's really effective, is what really, really changes things. So out of everything that you do, you'll find that a pretty small percentage of it gets most of the traffic and sends most people to the kinds of actions or outcomes that we want, you know, signing up for your email list or taking some other action, buying a product, buying a service, that kind of thing. So we're going to start out, and this is whether you are starting a site right now, brand new site, or whether you have something that's, you know, you've been working on for years and years. And that is that you want to be intentional. You want to create conscious cornerstones. And one nice thing about cornerstone content is unlike when you're building a building, you can put these in place anytime you want. So it's perfectly fine to add these in, you know, down the road, uh, to add them in as you go, to add them in, even though you might've been publishing for a while. But it's especially helpful to go ahead and put these in place if you do have a new project or a relatively new site. And these cornerstone content pieces answer the most important questions people have when they're coming to you for, you know, advice or information about your topic. So what is your site about? What kinds of problems do you solve? What questions do you answer? What do you believe about your content? And what do people have to know so that they can take the next step with you? So copy blogger, you know, writes a lot about this kind of content. You really want to know what these pieces are going to be. And again, you can add to them later. So don't let perfectionism stop you from, from making them happen. And I'll give you an example. If you mention a concept a lot in your writing, it's a great idea to go ahead and work up a good, strong post about it or piece of content about it, and then link generously back to that. So for example, many times I had found that I was talking about formatting your text content to be, you know, very scannable by your audience, easy to read, um, reader friendly, looks good on the page. And uh, some years back, I asked Pamela Wilson to write a post about that topic. And now every time I talk about that concept of creating your formatting your text to be very reader friendly and scannable, I link to that post. And it's, by the way, totally fine because sometimes people worry maybe this isn't okay. It is totally fine to add a new link to something that you published in the past. You can add a link today to something you published eight years ago. It's not like against the rules of blogging or anything like that. In fact, it has some, some real benefits. So this kind of internal linking to this type of cornerstone content, it is helpful with search engine optimization, but much more important, really, it helps your new visitors find your best stuff. And of course, you can also pull these together into topic-related pages, like your five best posts on a particular topic, and you can create a popular posts sidebar, like the one that we have on copyblogger.com. So that, by the way, is completely curated. There's nothing automatic about it. It's not like a post gets a certain number of comments or or visits and it shows up there automatically. And I don't recommend that you automate this kind of popular posts collection because you really want to be intentional with it. You want to choose the material that really reflects well on you and really reflects what you have to offer. 
similar to this, a really great way to end a blog post or a podcast is to say, you know, if you liked this piece of content, you should go read that other blog post because it's about the same thing. Now, there are plugins that do that for you, but I would really recommend instead of doing it automatically, curate it and curate it from your list that we're going to be creating of the key content, the cornerstone content, the most important material on your site. So the first thing you want to do is just get very intentional about who you're serving and what answers you're giving them and create content that specifically speaks to that. That's your cornerstone content. The second thing you want to do is that sometimes you have a post that's a massive hit, but you may not realize it. And you probably, unless you are looking at your Google Analytics, you probably don't realize the extent of it. And if you find Google Analytics a little intimidating, which is certainly, you know, understandable, uh, we actually have a recent podcast episode that will help you out with that and help you get a little less intimidated and start making use of that super valuable tool. So you find these popular posts, you find these posts that are getting a lot of traffic, could be search traffic, it could be sharing, you know, especially from a, if you have a link from a big site, could be social sharing. And you want to look at it and that content audit process that we talked about earlier, this is where you, you kind of take that sort of look, analytical look at what this post is. So what is it about? What does it do for your audience? And what does it do for your business? And at a bare minimum, you want to just make sure that all of these posts are really up to date. That means there are no expired links and there's no outdated information or recommendations that you made then, but you no longer would really stand behind. And the other thing you want to look at is what's your call to action? What are you asking the reader to do next, if anything? And think about updating that call to action or just think about what's the smartest thing you could put here. Would it be a call to action with a form to link to add themselves to your email newsletter? Or if you have some kind of cool automation happening, you know, should you have a call to action to maybe download uh, what is sometimes called a content upgrade, you know, a checklist or a mind map or something like that that relates to that content? and that then serves that person some relevant, high-quality content that would lead to some action like a purchase or, um, you know, something that you would like them to do. Now, very often, these posts, these mystery hits, these hidden hits, um, are getting search traffic. It's often why they're hidden hits. And for that reason, I don't like to mess with them too much. I don't do something crazy like cut them by two thirds, you know, or, and I would never change what they're about. They're getting traffic now because they, they answer a certain question. They, they serve a certain point. Don't change that. That's sort of, it's not really cool and it's very likely to mess up your success, but it is totally a good thing to keep them spruced up and keep them looking fresh and updated and, you know, still current and relevant. So one thing to keep in mind as you're building out your cornerstone content and looking at those mystery hits, um, you might want to look at my article on Copyblogger last week about getting to the point. So every piece of content, a podcast episode, a blog post, a YouTube video should have a point to make and then should, you know, hop to it and get to the point. So especially as you're writing that cornerstone content, keep that in mind. 
Now, if one of your mystery hits that you find in your Google Analytics is sort of a shaggy monster that goes all over the place, or it's off topic, or it's, you know, a little bit, it's not real focused, I would leave it be what it is. It's it's successful. We don't know why, but we know it's successful. So I wouldn't monkey around with it too much. But what I would probably do is take some of the points that you made in that post and then create brand new, fresh content around the same points and speak to them in a more focused way. And then I would link to that new, fresh, more focused content from your Shaggy Monster post um, and, you know, try and make that new cornerstone content for yourself. One point to speak to is there is a category of post for most of our sites that is popular, but not all that relevant. So sometimes you have a greatest hit, but it's just not super relevant to your business goals. And on Copyblogger, these are our posts about grammar and usage errors. They get monster crazy amounts of traffic. They get monster crazy links. So that's nice. And since we, you know, are a blog about writing and and creativity and content, you know, the, the links are good and the audience is nice, but we don't have a grammar or a usage product. And I don't really think we ever would. So if you have something like this, it's a crowd pleaser, but it's not necessarily 100%, you know, laser targeted at your business goals. I wouldn't worry about it a ton. I wouldn't spend a a million years optimizing it. The time I would take on it is really think about, is there a good call to action I could put on this that would move someone to something more relevant? Could be your email list or again, you know, a content upgrade, something like that. Where could you move that person next that might be more aligned with the the general purpose of your site? One thing I learned a million years ago from Brian Clark, never ever delete a piece of content that has links pointing to it or that is getting traffic. You can, if it's really bad, you know, if it's, um, for example, this can happen. Maybe you recommended a, a product and the product was good when you recommended it, but you know, then it went in kind of a dodgy direction and you really don't recommend it anymore. Do not delete that post. Take all the text off of it and say, you know, this post originally pointed to something that we really believed in. It took a direction we weren't comfortable with, so we no longer recommend it. Um, maybe you'd like to read one of these five articles about the general topic of that product or service. So do not create broken links for other people who are nice enough to link to you and do not just throw traffic away with, you know, deleting pages. It just isn't, it just isn't wide wise. You can always redirect them if you can't think of anything else to do with them. Redirect them to something that is relevant. So between your intentional cornerstones and then your mystery hits, you probably have a nice little collection of posts. It's a good idea. Just go ahead and, you know, cut and paste the the URLs into a little text document or whatever you like to use to keep notes with. So maybe you've got five and maybe you've got, you know, 30 or 40 or or maybe more if you've been publishing for a long, long time. But each one of these covers a key idea and each one of these is something that you're genuinely proud of. This is good content. This represents your best work. Now you have your list for your internal links. So every time you talk about, you know, keyword phrase A, you link to that that URL. And you've just got a list right there that you can keep handy. You can provide it to people who are writing for your site uh, or just keep it handy for your own reference. And of course, that's also a list for things like um, if you're going to boost posts with Facebook ads or other social ads, or if you're going to put them into the queue for social sharing, which is a great idea. You know, have a mix of the old and the new, the classic and the new when you're doing your social sharing. 
And my advice on this is do not let it get overwhelming. So if, if you if you hear the words Google Analytics and you need to just run out of the room, then, you know, you don't need to do that right now. Take the five or 10 or 15 posts that just spring to mind. You know that you feel good about them. You know that they address a specific point. Take a look at them. Make sure they're spruced up and keep them as a list. And then think about what are some of the unanswered questions? What are some topics that are important to me and how I address my subject, and maybe I haven't written about them yet. It's a great way to get some really strong ideas for new content and to build out that cornerstone list. So I mentioned at the top of the episode that this question, this subject came up when we were recording a brand new course for you. And this is really a new educational direction that we're going to be moving in this year about focused, really pragmatic workshop style courses. So instead of maybe larger courses that might feel overwhelming, these are really focused on specific needs and um, specific points in your career as a content creator and what you need when you need it. So I've been thinking about this course lately as sort of an ignition switch. You know, if you want to do something with content, if you've been doing some things with content, but you still feel like you're at that kind of beginner to intermediate level, this turns the key and starts the motor and it gets you moving forward. It's really good for people who are nervous about getting started. And it's also really good for people who are stuck in the early stages or in one of the early stages and really feeling that frustration. So our certified content writer course, which you've heard me talk about in months past, um, you kind of have to already be a rock star for that one to really make sense for you. This is more like your school of rock so that you get to become a rock star. So right now it's called Creative Content Foundations. Um, I'm really hoping I think of a more sexy name for it because that's a pretty boring name. It's really super if you're getting started with content. It's really super if you're promoting something of your own. So your business or your church or your band or your hobby, you know, whatever it might be. It's also great if you are maybe working in an organization and you think, oh, you know, I could help out with their content strategy and that would like be fun to work on and make me look all smart and wonderful. Or even, you know, I'm a pretty good writer. Um, I have a good day job, but I'd like to do a side hustle and I'd like to know how to get started this would be the answer to those questions. So we're going to be covering topics like how to manage your time and meet your deadlines, because that is honestly one of the key things that differentiates a freelancer that people want to recommend from a freelancer they don't. We'll also be talking about increasing the output of quality work. So just making yourself able to create more work in less time, how to polish your work to a professional level, Then we have two lessons on the really core SEO that really anybody publishing on the web should be really familiar with these and really understand them. Again, it's that kind of 80-20 SEO. And then we wrap up with the, the overarching framework of a content strategy so that you really understand what kind of content to create and then how does it all go together? How does it link together? What, what purpose do the different parts serve? So instead of just, you know, write a bunch of blog posts, you have some sense about how content works with other kinds of content to create a business objective. So we are going to be launching this at a price that I can only characterize as stupidly low. And the reason is because we kept adding to it. So we originally just had three lessons in mind um, and a Q&A. 
and we priced it, you know, accordingly, very, very user-friendly. Well, as we were creating the course and our authority community was beta testing it and helping us sharpen it up, we realized that there were some really key elements that were truly foundational and that needed to be there. So now we have five really meaty lessons, many of which are are multi-part lessons. And it's just all very meaty stuff. It's very real world stuff. So I realized today that if this course was only about the search engine optimization section of it, if we only sold that for the price that we had in mind, it would still be a no-brainer. So I'm really happy about that. I always like when things work out that way. And we decided not to bump the price up. We decided just, you know, what the hell. We're just going to go ahead and launch it at the original price we had planned. Later, it's going to get more expensive, but we've always done really well launching new things at just very, very friendly pricing and rewarding the people who, you know, are with us and, and want to take the leap. So we are, you know, just wrapping that up, getting all the files onto the site. There's lots of little tasks that need to be done. You can get on the interest list. Um, I would advise just go to copyblogger.com and look for my posts. Most of them are going to have a sign up. Most of the recent ones are going to have a sign up for the course, for the interest list. Of course, you know, just so you know when it opens. I'll also have a link for you on the podcast episode. Again, you can point your browser to copyblogger.fm. Or if you're super good at listening to URLs, you can go to copyblogger.com slash creative foundations interest and there's hyphens between the words. So that's a ridiculous URL to read aloud and we'll get you a better one next time. So that is it for today. How to handle internal linking, how to generate that list of what you should be linking to in your internal content as well as promoting. And then just a few words about a new course coming up where we talk about those kind of core strategies and just basic stuff you need to know to really get out there and do some great stuff. So thank you as always for your time and attention and we will catch you soon. Take care.